Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back after afternoon drive. Goodman Mason, watch us mileysports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale for your next project, whether it's a deck or a fence or anything like that, highly recommend you go with the Rocky Mountain Forest Products. You can find them in Wheat Ridge or just south of Colorado Springs. They have two locations in Wheat Ridge or go to rmfp.com. Time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Okay, we teased it a couple of times that Todd Davis and Brandon Marshall are going to be joining us later on in the show. Uh, Todd, understandably, uh, will not be joining us for this reason. Uh, when I talked to him earlier today, uh, he said he could. He did some. He did some media stuff today, and I can completely understand where he just can't talk about it anymore. I can't even imagine how draining this is for his teammates who are still trying to come to grips with their good friend and teammate who suddenly passed away. A guy that everybody in the locker room liked. That's another thing. It's not, not just another player and an, another, another face in the crowd. A leader, respected player, beloved teammate, beloved person. And look, I mean, it's cliche to say this, but there's no handbook for dealing with the loss of someone you admire and love that much and that you're that close to at this age. And when it's sudden as well. If Demarius was battling cancer, I think you eventually come to grips with it. If it's something that is a process. No one woke up yesterday expecting this to happen. Correct. Uh, Again, I talked about this in the 4 o'clock hour. I am not going to name names, but I reach out to a lot of his former teammates. And here are a couple of the responses I got. Appreciate you reaching out, but I am just not ready to talk about him. Another guy uh, who I, you know, reached out to today, and oh, by the way, all these guys I reached out to beyond recognizable names, all starters, all key guys on mm-hmm. this Super Bowl team yeah. in 2015. Another guy said, I need a day or two before I can talk about it. This is so sad. And I can understand why Todd feels the way that he does. And I can understand why his teammates feel the way that they do. Just to recap, in case you didn't hear the latest on how Demarius Thomas passed away, he was found deceased in his shower by the time police arrived on Thursday night at his home in Georgia. Officers responded just before 7 p.m. to Thomas's house on reports of someone suffering cardiac arrest. Dispatch alerted officers that the victim was unconscious and not breathing. When officers entered the bedroom shower, they saw Thomas lying on his back. That's what authorities said in one report. One officer wrote, quote, it was apparent from rigor mortis that Demarius was deceased, to which you pointed out in the last hour he was probably in that shower, which I cannot even think about, not only dying alone, but with a shower running for well over two hours. It is beyond heartbreaking. With that, many of his former teammates quickly reacted on Twitter. 
did this last night and of course throughout the day today outpouring of condolences just to name a few uh peyton manning tom brady demarcus ware um, tim tebow who has a regular appearance on espn every friday with stephen a smith he was on camera to talk about what demarius thomas meant to him we all know how gifted dt was on the football field but that was not his greatest gift. His greatest gift was the joy that he brought to life. I had the chance to talk with, uh, with Eric Decker this morning, and uh, you know we were reminiscing on our great times together with DT, and the one thing we kept coming back to was how when he would walk in a room, he made the room brighter. Mm. He re- made the room better, not because of what he did on the football field, but because of his smile, because of his kindness, because of his joy for life, because of his love for people. And you know what? I want us to remember him, but I want us to honor him by when we have a chance to go live out our dreams and what we do, to bring that same joy, to bring that same love, to bring that same kindness for people. And that's the way I'm going to remember DT. And that's the way I think so many of his friends and family will remember him as well, as someone that loved people, as someone that brought so much joy, as someone that when they walked in a room, that room got brighter and it got better because of DT. We will love him and miss him dearly. I know I mentioned this earlier, but when you think about what Demarius Thomas endured in his life, endured growing up, and even what he endured from a football perspective, especially early in his career when Tim Tebow was around, because he comes into Denver, he's a first-round pick, but he's also got a foot injury. Right. And then what happens when he's finally healthy in training camp? Remember, he re-injured his foot. Yep. He gets back on the field, does some good things early in the season, gets concussed which covers, gets to the end of the season, tears his Achilles. And the moment he's about to come back from the torn Achilles, he fractures his finger. So to think about everything that Demarius had endured in his life before he got to Denver, growing up without, a, without his mother around for much of his childhood, and then when he came to Denver while Tebow was there, how he was dealing with one injury after another, and he was a guy who kept smiling, who was a positive influence even as a young player. It says a lot about what kind of timber from which he was cut even at a young age, at age 22, when he walked in that Broncos building for the first time. When people talk about battling back from adversity, everybody has their own story. Everybody has their own demons, so on and so forth. But with the way that you just spelled it out, You know, he is a teenager and he watches his mother and his grandmother get arrested for drug possession. He is raised by his aunt and his uncle and his father as well. I mean, that's adversity enough, right? And then he finally realizes a dream of getting to the NFL and he battles through all of these injuries and he comes out on top as a Super Bowl winner. But getting back to him as a person, to me, it was always very kind of weird seeing him with a mustache. It was kind of weird when he retired that he had dreads. Why? Because to me, he was always a baby-faced kid, clean-shaven, with a smile on his face. He just looked, he looked older to me, certainly more mature. But I'll always remember him as a baby-faced kid who walked into the building for the first time. And what really struck me on Twitter 
was certainly the outpouring of condolences and heartbreak from other NFL players and certainly his former teammates. But I was absolutely amazed what I read from fans. Generally speaking, you know, athletes are not overly accessible. So when you pour out your condolences as a fan, you talk about, oh, how much that Tim Tebow passed to Demarius Thomas meant, right? Mm -hmm. It wasn't that. It felt like there were dozens and dozens of personal interactions that he had with people out in the community. There was a great video. I can't remember who posted. I think it might have been Nikki Javala, who used to work for the Denver Post, then the Athletic, and uh, now the Washington Post, of Demarius playing with kids. Our friend Tyler Columbus put on a picture of Demarius sitting next to his son on a plane. Yeah, it was coming back from the Super Bowl. Coming back from the Super Bowl. And then there was another picture of him holding a baby, I think, at a soccer game in which the soccer mom had to go take care of something and Demarius was holding this little baby. Yeah. He was at his best around kids. Mm -hmm. He was a big kid. Yeah. He really was. He wanted to play. He wanted to, but he also... You could see kind of with, like, holding a baby. I mean, there was a nurturing side to him as well. Um, and you think about all the things he's not going to get to experience, and one of them is being a parent. He would have been a great father. He would have been an amazing father. Right, right. I want to talk a little, little bit about him as a player next because I will never forget the day that he was drafted. And I'll mention his name. Listen, Tyler works for another radio station. I'm about to mention somebody else. Nick Ferguson and I have been friends since the day he played. Mm -hmm. And I remember the day that Demarius was drafted. And I was sitting inside Dove Valley, and I walked outside, and I called Nick, and I said, what do you think of Demarius Thomas? I didn't know much about him. And I, I knew that Nick played for Georgia Tech as well. Yeah. And what he said to me was so incredibly prophetic that when I tell you after the break what he said, you're going to say Nick Ferguson should be a talent evaluator. That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman, Mason. Watch us, milehighsports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the buzz. The buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Forest Products, where they specialize in wholesale lumber to the public. Go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products in Wheat Ridge or go to rmfp.com. I think many people knew that Demarius Thomas was dealing with seizures. Um, you just told me in break that it was probably more serious than probably many people thought. Well, remember, 
in week three, the Broncos were supposed to honor him. The Jets game. It was going to be to honor Demarius Thomas on his retirement, getting the video tribute, you know, wave to the fans, probably do the coin toss, the whole, you know, the whole bit. Certainly he earned it. Um, and he was unable to come. And then a month later, Peyton Manning has his Ring of Fame ceremony. Now, Demarius had been in Canton for Peyton Manning's Hall of Fame ceremony with everybody else and was appeared to be in great spirits out in Canton, Ohio for that, for that weekend. Um, but he was supposed to be there for Peyton going to the Ring of Fame and couldn't make it. And it's entire and as just as I was hearing, he, he he the plan initial plan was when Peyton threw the last t- the last pass to Stokely. Yeah, initially was in the intention was it was going to be Demarius Thomas. Right. As a player, I think many would agree. As a wide receiver, he is second only, certainly statistically, to Rod Smith. Yeah. As far as most gifted overall. He's number one. Yeah. But it's not like he was gifted but didn't but fell short of what his gifts were. No, he didn't. He he worked his tail off. Nobody was more diligent. I mean, I, I was going back and watching some like practice videos of him, looking at practice photos of him. How detail oriented he was even when he first got here. Right. Even before Peyton Manning showed up, he was dedicated to running that route right. Right, but there were a couple of turning points for him that launched him on a different trajectory, and if, and one was before Peyton got here to Denver. It was in the middle of the Tebow run of Sundays. Remember that six-game winning streak, right? Four games in, and the Broncos are sitting at six and five, but the receivers are pretty glum because that entire receiving room had 18 catches in four weeks to that point. And Rod Smith came by to visit and talked to the receivers about, okay, you're not going to, you're not getting many chances right now. Doesn't mean that you can't control the work that you do. Right. Keep working hard, be ready. And then when the time comes, when finally that shot comes, you're going to be able to, you're in position to make a play. And nobody took that to, and all of them took it to heart, but nobody took it to heart like Demarius Thomas did. Right. So a few days later, they go to Minnesota. And first half, Broncos fall behind 15-7. And it really, if not for Mario Hagan fumble return, it would have been 15-0. Basically, the Vikings, a bad team that year, had figured out the Tebow offense. So at halftime, they, Mike McCoy, Adam Gase, they basically rewrite the thing on the fly. We're going to do less zone read option. We're going to go. We're going to work out of the eye formation, and to make this work, we're going to take some deep shots. And Demarius Thomas, who basically had been barely used for a few weeks, became the guy who was getting open for those deep shots. And in the second half, he has four catches, two for touchdowns, three of them of forty yards plus. And at that point, that started a seven-game run with Tim Tebow where he had over 700 yards, averaged over 100 yards a game, included that 80-yard touchdown. And really, that that week, that moment, was the launching point. Peyton Manning took 
Demarius to another level, no doubt. But it, but the launching point was that we kind of rededicating himself, rededicating, rededicating himself to doing his best with limited reps. One reason why he was able to do that, though, was because he'd done it at Georgia Tech. Right. And a lot of people thought when he came out of Georgia Tech, he might not be a great wide receiver, even though he had tons of talent, because of the offense that Georgia Tech ran. Ran 81% of the time his last season at Georgia Tech. With that, I will never, ever forget this day. And when I heard about Demarius's passing, I thought of this day. I'm going to start it off with another player, but I'll start it off with who I talked to on the phone. Nick Ferguson, well before he came back to Denver, he and I would have conversations all the time anyway, but always on the day of the draft. Whether I was anchoring at Fox 31 or I was working here, my drive to Dove Valley would always be, as, almost as a tradition, a conversation with Nick on the phone about the draft. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget, I was getting ready to pull into the parking lot and we were talking about off the offensive line. And I said to him, man, the Broncos need some help on their offensive line in the worst way. And this was 2010. You know what he said to me? Because he was doing the Georgia Tech broadcast back then. Right. And of course, the big debate was Demarius or Des Bryant. No, Demari that, no, 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 no. No, among, among draft no, 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 no. That's not where I'm going. Oh. This is how prophetic he was. You ready for this? Yeah. He said to me, there's a guy to Miami. They should draft this Orlando Franklin. And I'm like, what? Who's Orlando? He goes, ah, 2011. He, okay. Yeah. Or 2011. That, yeah. that, fine. 2010 that, was Demarius Thomas. You know what? That, that was the next season. Think yeah. about how prophetic these conversations yeah. were. But in 20, so that was 2011. That was the next year. Yeah. 2010. Yeah. That The big debate was at wide receiver. Yes. Demarius Thomas or Des Bryant? Who do you like? So was Des Bryant was taken after yeah. Demarius. So when they took Demarius, I didn't even know that much about him. I don't. Follow, I followed the draft, but not like you do. I don't know where every guy goes to school and his measurables and hand size and stuff like that. <laughs> so they draft Demarius Thomas, and he's out of Georgia Tech. And I know that Nick went to Georgia Tech, and he was doing the broadcasts. So I walk out of the media room, and I walk outside, and I called Nick. I said, who's this Demarius Thomas? I said, why wouldn't they take Des Bryant? And he said to me, have I ever told you this story? No, you never This have. is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. He said, Eric, this guy's going to be the best wide receiver in the draft. And I said, why? He said, because he is a perfect combination, you ready for this, of Andre Johnson and Calvin Johnson. Those were his exact words. And I'm thinking, Nick did play with Andre Johnson. And while he did not play with Calvin Johnson... Calvin Johnson's younger, he was around for those games. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Nick was right. Yeah, and that was a good receiver year. It was Demarius Thomas, Des Bryant, Golden Tate, right. Emmanuel Sanders, Eric Decker. Right. Antonio Brown later on in the draft. You have heard the stories about Demarius thanking Manning, right? Yes. After touchdowns? Yes. I told you this, and yes, Demarius was coming into his own even with Tebow. And I know you put out some stats over like seven games. Mm -hmm. He had a limited number of catches and like 700-plus yards. He was averaging like 20 yards a catch. But he told me, and I built enough of a relationship with Demarius where he would say things to me, and 
it's not that they were in confidence, but I wouldn't necessarily repeat them. But I've talked about this on the show, and I don't think I'd be violating any confidence. He said to me, my career would be nothing. Those were his words, nothing without Peyton Manning. I'm not sure if I totally agree with him because he was so talented, but the truth is what Peyton Manning did for Demarius Thomas, he probably did for Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne. Yeah. Probably did the same thing. I miss Demarius Thomas telling me that he loved me and thanking me for coming to Denver after every touchdown I threw to him. Yeah. I, my career would be nothing without Peyton Manning. For all the great catches that he had, for all the great moments that he had, the best game he ever had, in my opinion, is arguably one of the worst games in Broncos history. Super Bowl 48. When he got leveled over the middle in the first quarter, you knew the Broncos were not going to win the game. Right, because that, that, that was the moment where you realized this Seahawks team is too powerful and too fast Demarius, for the Broncos. You knew, you knew this was going to be a long day, but on a day where, let's face it, a lot of guys had slumped shoulders, downcast looks, there was one guy... Who in the fourth quarter was competing like it was a tie game. But bigger than that, he was absorbing punishment that others did not want to absorb, that others did not want to take. Without naming names, there is a guy on that, there was a guy on that team who was no longer on that team a little bit later on. Because they looked at the Broncos, looked at that game. Elway looked at that game and said, Look how tough Demarius Thomas is and all the hits he took. There was another guy who didn't seem willing to take those hits. I'm not saying that he's soft, but he wasn't willing to take those type of hits. And when he became a free agent, the Broncos didn't even offer him anything. You learned a lot about Demarius Thomas in that game. Talk about taking one for the team. I don't even know how he got up from that hit. Right? Yeah. He was punished. And you're thinking... But that was him. He always managed to find a way to get back up. I mean, there were... there were How many weeks were there in those years where Demarius struggled to practice? And you thought... Is he going to be able to play this week? Right. Like you'd see him in practice, and you'd see he was laboring. Right. Like he was hobbling. And then on Sunday, there he was. I'll tell you something else about him. During the Super Bowl year of 2015, the vocal wide receiver was Emmanuel Sanders. That was just his style. Right. And nothing wrong with it. And oh, by the way, for Emmanuel Sanders, who plays for the Bills, he he couldn't even go to practice today. He was so yeah. devastated. He called Demarius his best friend on the team. Used to say that you know I'm a, he, I'm a diva, and he called Demarius right. a country diva. <laughs> <laughs> they, the thing is, those two couldn't have been more dissimilar in personality, right? But they very much were two jigsaw puzzle pieces, right? Who fit perfectly together, right? When 
Manning retired, and Emmanuel and Demarius was on the team. The quarterback was Simeon, right? That sounds yes. right to you. Uh-huh. And you're wondering who is the leader on the offense. I remember talking to one of the players. I think it was Emmanuel. And I said, because remember, Demaris is a very soft-spoken guy, almost to the point of being painfully shy. Yeah. Unless you got him in his element with kids or with his teammates. I mean, he wasn't great in front of a microphone, in no. front of a camera. No. But I will tell you this. I said, who's the leader of this offense? I said that to Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, it's Demarius. Yeah. And I said, he's so quiet. He said, yeah, he is. But when Demarius talks, everybody listens. It's as if the room goes silent. Todd Davis today told me the exact same thing. There was something about Demarius and his work ethic, a man of few words, that when he had something to say, everybody listened. Everybody listened to what he had to say. He was beloved in that locker room. There were a lot of guys who were really, really liked. But if you had to pick one guy that everybody liked, it was him. And I'm not trying to single him out and not put other guys into the conversation. He was universally liked in that locker room by everyone. And that's why this is hitting the Broncos players and executives so hard. I can't think of anybody who would have a bad word to say about him. No. It's players, coaches, staff, media. For a guy who And again, like I said, everybody's got their own story. For a guy who had every reason to be angry, his childhood, what happened to his mother and his grandmother, he was still polite. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. How he came out on the other end is truly a testament to what you said earlier, to the timber that he was cut from. Brandon Marshall is going to be joining us in about 15 minutes. So usually we do just in case you missed it. As our last segment of the show, we're going to do just in case you missed it. Coming up next. And Danny, what do we have coming up? Just one FBS game this weekend in college and a couple of FCS games. And I'll get get your guys' take on what maybe the most interesting game, of course, besides Broncos-Lions, is going to be for Week 14 of the NFL on Sunday. That's coming up next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending. 
presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda or find them at sthmazda.com. Just In Case You Missed It is presented by Masterpiece Roofing. Find out how Masterpiece can get your insurance company to pay for your roof. Call 720-242-6404 or go to MasterpieceRoofing.com today. Just In Case You Missed It with the college bowl season coming up and the college football playoff on the horizon. The only college football this weekend are FCS quarterfinal games and Army-Navy. Now, I wanted to ask a question about this Army-Navy game because the under is on a 15-year streak in this Army-Navy game. So the total has gone the under 15 straight years. Army averages 35.5 points per game, and that is the total in FanDuel Sportsbook right now. Navy averaging 20.4 points per game. Now, in the last couple games, though, for Army and Navy, only two times for each team has the over hit. So are you going to go with that uh, that 15-year trend and take the under in Army-Navy? Or do you think this is the year that that 15-year streak ends and they go the over in points? Well, you talk about Army's offense. If you had asked me this question, it would have been clear-cut that this back in late October, it would have been clear-cut that the streak would end because... Wake Forest, an excellent offense, no doubt, put up a 70-burger on the Black Knights in West Point. And then after that, since then, Army has given up 14, 10, 17, and 16 points. So they've normalized things a bit, but you said over-under is 35, right? Correct. 35 and a half. Yeah, and Navy has, has had some issues stopping people. Even though... I think it's a little hazier now than it was several weeks ago. I'm going to take the over on this one. You know how I feel about things that happened 15 years ago. Yes, and, I do. And trying, That's why I wanted to give yeah. you their last their last eight games. It's uh, two and six for Army on the over. The last seven games yeah. for Navy, two and five mm-hmm. on the over. If you're telling me the rosters are relatively the same from last year, yeah, I could probably – have a more educated opinion about it. But what happened 15 years ago, no, that does yeah. nothing for me. And, All by, right. and by the way, Navy this year, the last uh, the last um, six games of the, or seven games, of the, eight, eight games of the season, they've given up 30, 31, 35, 27, 17, 34, 38, and 14. So you look at that's five of the last eight games, they've given up 30-plus. Definitely. So this definitely should be a high-scoring game. Just in case you missed it, we had an interesting start to Week 14 last night, Thursday Night Football. Vikings had a 29-point lead in the third quarter, and the Steelers had a chance to tie if they had scored a touchdown and gotten a two-point conversion as the clock hit zero and the ball fell through Pat Fryermuth's hands. So, pretty exciting way to start, even though it seemed like the Vikings were going to blow them out. What is the most interesting Week 14 game on Sunday, in your opinion? Well, first I thought you were going to ask me about Chase Claypool. So I thought you were going to go there too. Honestly, because that's the, that's the story of the game last night. First he gets benched for an unnecessary roughness penalty. Then he wastes, what, about 14 seconds of time? Do you know he blamed his teammate? Do you know in his post-game press conference, he threw his teammate that he handed the ball to under the bus? Yeah, he's he's he this said, guy's a real piece of work. And he said, 
I was look. I was looking to hand the ball to the ref. He just got there. Give me a break, everybody. Come on. The, the, the it's eye the in the sky doesn't lie. But your own. Jeez Louise. So what's the best game this weekend? Is that what you're asking? Yes. Yeah. Well, the Bills Buccaneers is going to be a dandy. Yes. Especially after the Bills lost to the Patriots. That is the game to watch, which I won't be because I'll be watching the uh, Broncos game. Now, and then Monday night, it's a real interesting game, Rams-Cardinals, because, of course, the Rams lost to the Cardinals when they played out in L.A., and the Rams have struggled. But here is a chance for the Rams to, I think, reset the landscape and sort of dictate there and, and, and have a statement of intentions Monday night. They've got more on the line in this game than Arizona does. Arizona doesn't need this game. The Rams need it. And so if it's a question of motivation, wouldn't surprise me if the Rams pull off the upset in that game. But that's the other one to keep your eye on this weekend. All right, that was Masterpiece Roofing, just in case you missed it. If you've had hail damage recently or sometime during the summer and you still got to get it fixed, highly recommend you go with Masterpiece Roofing. A buddy of mine did. And I ate over $30,000 worth of damage. He's thinking, how am I going to pay for this? I do have insurance, but you know the way insurance companies work? Well, Masterpiece Roofing is great at going after insurance companies. My buddy wrote a $500 deductible check. And that was it, because Masterpiece Roofing got his insurance company to pay for everything. If this sounds like a company you want to work with, not to mention they're recently voted Denver's best roofing company, highly recommend you go with Masterpiece Roofing at Masterpiece Roofing. Coming up after the break, former Broncos linebacker Brandon Marshall, who won a Super Bowl with Demarius Thomas, will join us next to talk about not so much Demarius as a player, but as a person. That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfield's has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two-for-one wine, well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Brandon Marshall was going to join us. Certainly can understand how he cannot. He was... uh, taking a flight today and his flight is still in the air because it's delayed it happens just disappointed that he can't join us on the show but totally understand as we have talked about uh at least he was willing to talk and what i mean by that is a lot of players it's not that they weren't willing they couldn't come to grips with talking about this and he can't blame them and and some and some did but then you know maybe he did an appearance earlier in the day and just it took a lot out of out of them emotionally, maybe more than they expected. So it's completely understand why not everyone's ready. I mean, I knew. Look, I mean, 
I'm I wasn't in the locker room. I was just somebody who covered the team and then worked for the team. And I'm not sure I could have done this show in the more early this morning. Yeah. Well, I had to do an early morning show. Uh, going back, I think, to 2007 or 2008. Because when I heard the news about Demarius Thomas, while the situation completely different, mm-hmm. completely different, it took me back to when Darren Williams was murdered. Yeah. It really did. And I was anchoring at Fox 31 there. I was the main television sports anchor. And I will never forget this night. It was New Year's Eve. And I was out with my ex-wife at the time, and we were going hard, really, really hard. And we got into bed at 5.15 in the morning. Remember, it's New Year's Eve. Yeah. I got a phone call from our front desk. Darren Williams was murdered. Uh, Can you come in and be on the air at 6 o'clock? So you're talking about doing an early show? Yeah. To say that I was... Hot drunk is an understatement. But all I thought to myself was, I'm the main guy, and I suppose this is where you find out just how good you are. I'll admit that I wasn't drunk. I didn't even have a drink. I just was. I just couldn't sleep but, last night. But I'll tell you, when I, when I saw the news, and I brought up his name a couple of times, I keep bringing up the name Nick Ferguson. Mm-hmm. When I was driving to the station... I called Nick at 5.45 in the morning, having no idea if he'd be up. Mm-hmm. And he joined us on the air at 6. Yeah. And there were other players that joined us on the air at 6 o'clock. Both passings. One was a murder. The other one, Demarius died. I'm just wondering... Is the mindset any different? Because guys were more willing to talk back then. Not because they're better guys or they weren't grieving as much. The Darren Williams murder was a shocker. People were stunned. Both came out of nowhere, but I'm trying to wrap my head around what's different about the two. It's a good question. I mean, certainly. And then... I mean, obviously, the cause of death is a lot different. Right. I mean, one is, I mean, obviously, it, it's tragedy nonetheless. One is senseless violence. Right. Um, another is just, it's, I mean, we'll probably learn a little bit more um, in the coming weeks and months about exactly what happened. But uh, one, even though it appears it was the culmination of some, Issues. It was illness. Not, you know, of illness yeah. and um, of of seizures. It doesn't. You know, it's 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 still something that you didn't wake up yesterday thinking about. Um. And I think maybe when when death when there's a, a sudden death, and it's not like natural causes, but you know what I mean, right? Mm-hmm. Sudden death, but it's not a violent death. But I think there's probably a, a different sense of mortality that sets in for guys. Right. I mean, like the, you can, like you, you can just be going about your day. I mean, Demarius Thomas was taking a shower. Right. And you don't walk out of and it. And you don't walk out. That's it. You're, that's it. Right. I mean, it, I think for everyone, that's something that you kind of, th- you, you're thinking about that you, 
you know, in, in the blink of an eye, you can just be doing the most mundane thing and then you, you drop dead. Right. The funny thing about Darren was he was universally liked in that locker room as well. Yeah, so most guys, most guys in that locker room are are well liked. Different type of personality, right? There's there's some guys they, I can think they, of that aren't as well liked. But they had, they were both easy with a smile, right? Right. And then, if I'm not mistaken, another Broncos player passed away. What? Not even a year later. No, it was not even two months. It was Damian Nash. He just right. came back from a charity basketball game in in his hometown of St. Louis and uh and he had a he had turned out he had an undiagnosed heart condition. Right. I remember because you know it happened on New Year's Eve, New Year's Day morning, whatever you want to call it with with uh Darren and I remember I was up with some friends and my family up in Silverthorne and I'm reading and I'm like again? Yeah. This happened again? The and it was the thing I remember is working for the team at the time doing the doing digital media with the Broncos, and when Damian Nash's death happened, I mean it was obviously shook everybody up, but because we had all been through it with Darren Williams, yeah, everybody knew what to do. Right. No one really knew what I mean. There there really wasn't a manual for losing a player how you right. handle that when how the work that has to be done how you distribute that but when you lost a player two literally less than two months later right. like all right well okay this person does writes this story this person does the photo gallery yada 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 and pat bolin flew anybody who wanted to go down to darren williams funeral yes right they actually chartered a plane yeah it was so it was just like a a flight to a road game right Charter plane, the entire, the entire team, and much of the organization. Basically, everyone who was in the traveling party on right. a week-to-week basis was offered a chance to go. Do you and or, went? Do you know how many guys are currently on the team that played with Demarius? I mean, Justin Simmons is on the list. Brandon McManus is obviously on the list. I'm trying to think as I'm going, Garrett Bowles. Bowles. Bowles was on the Shelby, team. Shelby Harris yep, was. Right. Um, None of the running backs. Yeah. Uh, Alexander far- Johnson was on the practice squad. Josie right. Jewell was on the 53. Right. Did you say Cortland Sutton? Cortland Sutton was on that team. Was on that team. Yep. Um, technically, Deshaun Hamilton is still on the team. Right. He would have been there. Right. Um. It's amazing how much the roster has turned over, huh? And Bradley Chubb was there. Yeah. Brandon McManus was there. When was uh, Demarius' pa- last year? Uh, 2018. Tim oh, pa- 2018. 2018. Tim Patrick Jeez. was there. More than a few. So it's 10, 10 guys. Yeah. 10 guys were there that are still there. Yeah. Now, that's not many, and I would imagine for, look, for most of the team, as tragic as this is, it's sort of something that happened to a guy who's kind of from the previous generation. Right. But for those right. guys, and particularly on Sunday, Garrett yeah. Bowles, Cortland Sutton, Tim right. Patrick, Shelby Harris, right. Bradley Chubb, Justin Simmons, and Brandon McMaster, those guys are going to suit up. and you heavy hearts. With heavy hearts yep. and probably a little bit something extra in the tank because they thought the yep. world of De- of Demarius, yep. especially Brandon McManus. Yeah. Well, this is a show that we did not want to have today. Certainly was unexpected for all of us. Yeah. Um, while they are not listening, um, our heart goes out to Demarius Thomas's family. 
Our heart goes out to the Broncos organization and those who knew him well. Um, I hope we don't have to have many more days like this, but this is a day that you you have to do your job and you, you, you eulogize, for lack of a better phrase, someone who deserves a eulogy like I hope we have given to Marius Thomas. I don't think we can say anything more that hasn't already been said. He was beloved by his teammates. He was beloved in the community, and he will be sorely missed. That is going to do it for us. Nolan and Danny, thank you for a great job all week. Mace, same to you. Me Hope too. you have a wonderful weekend. Yeah. Good night. And a thousand times I